welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. I am excited to be back in the saddle. We've taken a bit of a break from Crossview Radio for Christmas, and that break has bled into January a bit, but I am looking forward to uh, being back. And I wanted to kind of start things off this year with a few thoughts um, of a couple things that uh, maybe we'd like to uh, perhaps do differently or expand in. One of those ways is uh, I'd like to hopefully get some more community involvement uh, this year on the episodes. I don't necessarily have a a specific dedicated forum uh, for that. We could pursue uh, some some options in that area, but I do want to mention a few avenues that do currently exist that, that you can be involved in. Uh, always, you can email me questions or comments uh, at john at crossvieworville.com. Uh, last year, I, I did, in fact, dedicate one entire podcast episode as a response to some questions that I did receive. So um, there are uh, times when uh, when we'll uh, respond to that even uh, on Crossview Radio, and especially if it's a topic that you know I sense perhaps may be relevant for our entire audience to think through, we can uh, dedicate an episode uh, perhaps uh, in the future. Also, we post a podcast on our church Facebook page, and so you can comment under the particular episode uh, that you'd like to discuss. And uh, you can also give uh, us a call at 330-621-8325, or you could come to church and ask me in person any questions or comments that you have, and uh, I'd love to do that. Also, I would like to make myself uh, available to meet with you. So uh, if you would like to discuss something that you hear or something about our church, something about Christianity, please reach out to me, and I'd love to meet you for lunch in town. Now, uh, if I do suddenly get an avalanche of requests, I'm going to have to figure something else out, but uh, I will try to accommodate you uh, to the best of my uh, ability. So uh, feel free to reach out in one of those avenues, get in touch with me, and uh, perhaps we'd uh, be able to schedule something to meet up. Another thing that I want to mention going into 2019, is that, Lord willing, I uh, plan on having a few more interviews this year than uh, we did last year. I do have a list of individuals right now who have agreed uh, to meet me on the podcast, and so I hope that uh, perhaps we can generate some stimulating conversation for all of you. With that being said, I'd like to turn to uh, today's topic. I, uh, I may be a little bit late to the party on this one, but uh, what I want to really talk about today is I want to encourage you to read through your entire Bible this year. If you are a member of Crossview Church, you have heard me talk about this since December, and you're probably tired of hearing it, but I want to give it a go one last time. We are living in a cultural vacuum where truth is becoming an endangered species. The Word of God is despised, and even those of us uh, in the church don't value it as we ought to. And I want to give you just some subtle ways in which I think the Word is looked down on in our culture, and of course we could give a a number of examples. Uh, But one one popular statement that I uh, hear often is, uh, is, preach the gospel, if necessary, use words. Now, I understand why this is uh, this phrase is used. The statement is kind of designed to push us to live out the gospel and not just speak it. But 
Uh, Romans 10, verses 14 through 17, says something a little bit different. It says, How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It all goes back to that last statement there. Hearing comes through the word of Christ. Uh, The word is central in bringing a person to Christ. We could easily uh, make the following statement, feed the hungry, if necessary, use food. You know, food is essential to feeding the hungry, and the word is indispensable to feeding the spiritually hungry. There's also uh, an illustration that I've heard used before uh, where, um, you know, a story, this household manager, he leaves his servants in charge of his property, and he goes on this lengthy trip, and while he's away, he sends his servants various letters, giving them instructions on what to do, you know, clean the house, tend to the garden, all that kind of stuff. And when the manager returns, he finds none of his orders were carried out, and when he confronts the servants, they say, no, 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 we've we've had uh, studies of your letters, and we've memorized your letters, and we get together every every week, and we talk about your letters, and and we, we know the words that you've said and all these kinds of things. And the illustration is used to show us the importance of obedience to the word and not just raw academic memorization and study. But I'm afraid that those kinds of illustrations, while well-intentioned, can be slightly deceptive. Yes, we need to implement and flesh out what the word teaches us. James tells us we ought to be doers of the word and not hearers only. But I sometimes wonder if the way that we are encouraged to action is by devaluing and de-emphasizing the written word. What we need to do is emphasize and value both. We need to value and emphasize the written word. We also need to emphasize and value obedience to that written word and not uh, try to accomplish the obedience side by minimizing the word uh, component to that. Uh, That illustration... Uh, that I just shared a moment ago, it almost makes the memorization and the study of the manager's letters kind of seem silly and unnecessary. You know, why, why did you memorize that? I, I didn't want you to do that. I just wanted you to do what I said. And, you know, on the contrary, our memory and study of God's word is necessary, and it's not silly. Once you veer away from the written word, you open the door for competing philosophies and worldviews to replace the authority of the Bible. There's something else I want to get to today. When I bring up the idea of uh, reading through the Bible in a year. You know, sometimes I, I get, you know, the response, you know, perhaps it's too legalistic or it imposes this checklist mentality on reading the word that isn't genuine. Uh, and I want to talk about those two things for a moment here. Uh, and, and perhaps maybe if these are things in your mind, uh, perhaps address some of these um, objections to uh, reading through Scripture. Uh, I want to talk briefly about uh, this idea of antinomianism, which is a statement which basically means kind of casting off uh, the restraints of the law. And sometimes we tend to uh, come to God's Word with an antinomian spirit. We say, well, um, you know, we, we live by grace now, and so, you know, we don't have to obey, we don't have to do any of those things anymore. It's just kind of, you know, God loves me as I am kind of thing, and I don't need to change at all. Uh, What I want to suggest to us 
is, uh, and I'm going somewhere with this, by the way, so hang on. Uh, we're going to kind of come full circle around back to the idea of reading the word. Uh, antinomianism, or this casting off of the law, is actually legalism in disguise. Why? Because it has a wrong view of the law. You see, antinomianism looks at the law with tunnel vision. It looks at the law and says, oh, what, what's that for? What's that law for? Oh, that's only for earning favor with God, and, and therefore we need to throw it all out. What's that view called? What's that view called when you view the law's purpose as earning God's favor? We call that legalism. Now, I'm perhaps getting a little sidetracked here, but briefly, I hold to the traditional threefold division of the law. There's the ceremonial law, the civil law, the moral law. I don't think that the ceremonial and civil law applies to us uh, any longer. Uh, Christ has fulfilled that. Um, he's the, the final sacrifice. Uh, certainly, it does hold that the civil and, and ceremonial law, they hold value uh, in revealing to us the unfolding plan of redemption, as well as the character and nature of God. Uh, but Paul, Paul does tell us the law is good, and therefore we need to see God's moral law as completely relevant for us. Legalism is when you teach that in order to earn favor or salvation with God, you are required to obey the law. And that's not what we're teaching, and that's not what we're implying when we say you should read through God's Word. And as I'm suggesting, I think we should read through God's Word every year. Uh, We teach that Jesus fulfilled the law, and you are immediately justified at salvation. But unlike antinomians, and by the way, I don't think many or maybe any are consistent antinomians, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, Unlike antinomians, we recognize that God's law functions not as a way to earn favor with God, but it functions as a joy-filled response to all God has done for us, and we obey with great delight. As Paul writes in Romans 6, are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound. And of course, the answer to that is by no means. Here's my point. Telling someone that they should read God's word is not legalism, uh, any more than telling someone they shouldn't murder. To level the charge of legalism probably reveals more about the heart of that particular person because, and all of us need to check ourselves in this area, we label those who have more standards than us as legalists. And that's the typical pattern for all of us. Instead of uh, God's word being the standard of what is legalistic and and what's not, we tend to find ourselves as the center point of that. And by the way, I do this too. I mean, it's it's natural for us. If you have more standards than I do, if you adhere to more than you're a legalist and that's just our perspective, and we need to remove that way of thinking and pattern our thinking after uh, after Scripture. But I do want to uh, take a moment to just address one other thing, and that is, I mentioned a moment ago, uh, sometimes we view Bible reading as, you know, this idea of this checklist mentality on my Christianity. And we've all heard someone say, or perhaps we've said ourselves, you know, I, I realized that all I was doing in my Bible reading was marking off a checklist. Uh, What that person, I think, is saying uh, when they say that typically is that he or she was going through the external motions without the heart delight. And we would certainly agree that that's a problem. But if your response is to throw away all checklists and calendars and disciplines, I'd suggest that's a problem too. Because what you're saying is this. 
if, if you're saying, you know, oh, let's just get rid of all these calendars. I'm not going to have a Bible reading plan. I'm not going to have anything that I check off a piece of paper, anything like that. Uh, what you're essentially saying is that an action can only be genuine if it is spontaneous. I guess I'm assuming that most people would be saying that, that um, it's not really an action of out of motivated out of love or out of devotion to God unless it's completely spontaneous. If it's on a calendar, then it's just it's kind of raw and it's it's sterilized and it's not really full of, of love and emotion and, and delight. But that can't be true. I mean, you might agree to, let's say, for instance, take your wife out on a dinner date, but you schedule it in the calendar days or even weeks ahead. Most wives, I assume, wouldn't be bothered by that. They, they wouldn't say, you know, I can't believe you put this down in the calendar. You know, what do you think our relationship is? Just a checklist. Schedule and discipline gives structure. It provides a framework which make the spontaneous things even more delightful. In other words, we should have both. We should schedule Bible reading. Why? Because all of us know, all of us know that if we don't put it down, if we don't schedule it, if we don't make time for it, if we don't set aside that time in the day, if we don't do that, we'll miss our Bible reading. We all know that. Uh, But we should also have spontaneous times in in the Word too. And, And I think having this framework uh, of of discipline and having a framework of um, you know scheduling this is something that provides a framework which makes the spontaneous things that much more delightful. So really, where the issue lies, as it always lies, is in motivation. Do you check off a passage on your Bible reading plan because you believe God will like you more or give give you something you want? Some of us live that way, by the way. Oh, I missed my Bible reading today, and you know that's why I got stuck in traffic, because God was getting me back for what I did wrong. And oh, I, I read my Bible today. You know, I even read it for an extra three and a half minutes, and that must be why I got my promotion today. Uh, that that is not uh, the way that uh, that God operates, as if He were some kind of uh, genie or some kind of vending machine that we put in this kind of currency and 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 out comes this uh, particular blessing or curse for us. Um, that's not how it's just not how God operates. Do you check off a passage on your Bible reading plan because you believe God will like you more? or give you something you want, or do you do it because you delight in him? Why read the whole Bible? Why not just read a little bit at a time? You know, after all, I I get behind, and, you know, then I want to quit. I get in Leviticus, and I just go so slow, and it's too fast of a pace. I can't keep up with it. Here's why I'm going to suggest to us reading through the whole Bible in the year. And I realize all of us have different... uh, abilities in different levels of comprehension, different reading speeds, all of that. Unless uh, God providentially hinders you, um, I think it's a good practice. And by the way, this is not, there's nowhere in Scripture that it says you have to read through the Bible in a year. I realize that uh, I'm not trying to impose something on Scripture that's not there. I'm not saying this is a rule that you have to do um, or any of those things. I'm just saying in general, 
it is a good practice to read through scripture and read through it often. Why in a year? Why so fast? The three to four chapters a day, whatever it ends up uh, coming out to. Because there's nothing else that I know of that can help you see the big picture, the grand narrative of scripture better than reading through the whole Bible quickly and often. And I suggest that you do something else. I'm, I'm going to suggest you add another component to your uh, time in the Word, and that is that you have a time of, of drilling down deep. Perhaps maybe you read through the Bible, and then you say, for the month of January, I'm just going to study the book of First John or something like that. And you drill down deep in one area, and you overview in another area. Uh, the Bible is not a piecemeal book that is a collection of random wisdom sayings. And we do treat it like that too much, admittedly. Now, I think that you're going to benefit from reading it cover to cover, and you're going to pick up things and themes that perhaps you didn't when you were looking at it in the piecemeal uh, version. Uh, you'll benefit and see how God is at work through the entire Bible. By the way, there are uh, in- increasing numbers of Bible Um, translations available that do not have verse or chapter numbers, and I would suggest that you consider one of those for your Bible reading because it helps to see, uh, it helps to remove that barrier in our minds where we think of it as, well, this verse, and then this verse, and then this verse. It wasn't written that way. Uh, Verses were added later, and they are helpful, by the way. Um, But uh, when you're reading the whole thing over, I think it's helpful to, to not have those uh, there. With that being said, we are using the McShane plan uh, this year, which you can find on our website, crossvieworville.com. I like it because you read four passages a day, and it helps you to see how one part of the Bible relates to another part of the Bible. And so if you have not begun reading through the Bible this year, you have a little catch-up to do, but not much. This is the best time to start. You start tomorrow, and you're going to be that much further behind, and then you're not going to want to do it. So pick up your Bible, start reading through it. We're doing this as a church, and I really hope that you'll uh, join uh, join us uh, with this. Uh, now, there's one more thing I want to say, and really I've been wanting to get to this point kind of the whole time, uh, because this is really the most important part. Um, I want to read what Paul says and I'm intentionally choosing Paul. Uh, there are, I mean, Psalm 119 is full of these kinds of statements. But I want to pick Paul because I want to show you that loving God's law is not legalistic. Otherwise, Paul would have repudiated uh, the law. So listen to what he says, Romans 7.22. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. Paul delights in God's law, in his inner being. And again, you can look throughout the Psalms, particularly Psalm 119, see these kinds of statements over and over and over and over again. Nobody has to convince you that you should eat food. Why then do we have to be persuaded to feast on God's word and his law? And if you are a Christian, spending time in God's word ought to delight your soul. If we truly delighted in God's word, we would never accuse people of legalism when they suggest we read it. So start off your 2019 in God's word and join us in delighting in his riches. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. 
We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.